Yeah. No, I could swear. Nope, we've never yeah, done it. That's all I could my fault. I swear you've done it live I once. I've never said that. Never. No? Mm-mm. Well, Wayne didn't have to make us do it. It's really his fault. Is it this is. live it's on somewhere. YouTube? This will be live on YouTube. Yes. Oh, shit. Okay. So if you can tell your people this. that we're live, then. Uh, Thank you for the King Diamond storytelling thing. That was Look very good. Cool. man. King Diamond, what storytelling thing? Yeah. Oh, yeah, King the puppet. Telling the puppet master story. It was yeah, that was cool. Uh-oh. Still yeah, doesn't actually, explain some shit. No, it doesn't explain anything. But uh, I was actually gonna play that for the intro for the show. We've got to have an That's... intro. So let me get the intro on here. Boy, this is hard to do it this way. Yeah. Be live right now. All right, here it is. All right, here we go. This is gonna be a little two minutes. We'll be right back. Good evening. King Diamond. I'm here to tell you the story of the Oh, let me get the intro on. It takes you back to the 18th century in Budapest, Hungary. It's about me as a puppet, hanging on a wall, reflecting back on the past 18 years and all the blood I had to see, all the misery I had to go through. Welcome to this broadcast belongs to them. Hey, what well, oh my god, this room, we are full of people in this chat here. Holy <laughs> shit. Nuts. Damn, six people. Well, thank you all for joining us. We got some new uh uh guests here. Al Franco or Franco Furricano from the band Ravage. I did pronounce that right, right? Al? Yeah, Furricano. Furricano, all right, close enough. Uh and Bobby Leatherlungs Lucas from the band Attacker. What's up, Bobby? Hey, how's everybody doing? Doing good. Good. And then we got our old co-host here, Mr. Ralph Vieira. And Lisa Mann. Is your sound off, Lisa? Oh, no. There you go. Is that better? (laughs) That's better. And Greg. Greg, my trusty co-host for Rhett's Alley View. Yay. The man who started this whole thing with me. And we're almost coming to it end. We have this album, The Puppet Master. And then we have the next album, Give Me Your Soul. Please. Yeah. 
That's it. Please. For he's very polite. He's very polite. He's a, he's a polite Satanist. And uh, so that'll be I, hopefully next week or soon, whatever. And then uh, then we'll wait until another album comes out and we'll see what happens from either band. So until then, we're going to talk about the Puppet Master tonight. And uh, I invited Al on here because I know uh, last time he was on the Rat Salad show, we talked about uh, King Diamond and he said uh, the Puppet Master was one of his favorite albums. So I had to get you on. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. And uh, actually, uh, online mental promos is helping us uh, promote the show a little bit better. And that's how Bobby got on here because, uh, you know, he talked to uh, Ben from online mental promo and uh, he got you on the show. So thanks for coming on, Bob. And it's my pleasure, man. Yeah. Been a King Diamond fan since I'm about 15 years old. Oh, wow. 14. 14. Yeah, I'm old. <laughs> 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 what was your uh, first King Diamond album? The, the EP, my guitar, oh, really? okay. uh, Robbie at the time and my band Morbid Sin turned me on to the EP. First song I ever heard was a corpse without soul. And I didn't know what hit me. I was uh, floored. Well, that was your first one too, Ralph, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, before Melissa came out, actually. Yep. Way back in the day. For me, it was Melissa. I bought it. I bought it. It just came out and I bought it just for the cover. And I was like, I don't know what this is, but I know it's going to be good. And I will <laughs> never forget the moment I put the needle down on the record and I heard that first song and I heard the, oh, you know, oh man, I'll yeah. never forget that moment. I know exactly where I was. Yeah. What about you, Al? I don't remember if we talked about what your first album was. So my uh, my first exposure to King Diamond was um, the uh, the Bell Witch uh, live cassette EP. Oh, okay, all right. Wow. Uh, my brother brought home. Uh, I think it was around when it came out, somewhere time in the mid nineties. Yeah, like like ninety four ish. Yeah. And then uh, he also, I think, a few weeks later, he brought home um, a, a compilation, which was a Dangerous Meeting. It was a CD which had a bunch of uh, King Diamond, a bunch of Merciful Fate. Mm -hmm. and uh the story of king diamond and uh that's what kind of got me started on mm. well you're a late uh a late follower to king diamond but that's fine it's all right <laughs> <laughs> but uh today we're here to talk about the puppet puppet master i'm not going to go through the whole entire story as you see i just let king diamond tell a little bit of the story because it's it's got a lot going on in here and basically king goes to budapest and they turn him into a puppet so <laughs> that's the gist of the story <laughs> So, but uh, let's start with the first song, Midnight. Um, I love the song. It's got a creepy organ intro. Uh, he brought back that tambourine again. Whatever. I guess we're just going to have to get used to that tambourine. Uh, this is where uh, we are introduced to hearing another voice on the album besides King, and it's his wife, Livia. At first, I wasn't too sure what to think of it, but uh, I was hoping to see where it was going to go. But uh, great intro. Uh, I will let you go first. What do you think of Midnight? I think it's a really good intro. I think it kind of touches on uh, everything that King Diamond is. It's got the falsetto vocals. It's got uh, uh, the keyboards, as you said. Um, and uh, I think uh, there were some people who were, uh, you know, in my King Diamond crew who were a little bit um, uh, skeptical about the vocals, the new vocal direction at that point. Mm. But uh, I think it works, especially on this album. Yeah. Bobby, what about you? I like it. Uh, I mean, I one of the things that 
I found intriguing about it is that it starts from the end of the story. Right, right. You know, and um, that was something that King never did before. Yeah. But mus- musically, I, I mean, it was King Diamond, you know. Right. I, I didn't really hear any change in like vocal style, in my opinion, but he was always doing those crazy voices. Yeah. What did you feel about him adding his, uh, I don't know if it was his wife at the time or his girlfriend or whatever. What I think they were just boyfriend and girlfriend at the time. (laughs) She didn't, she didn't marry him until maybe, uh, like two years after that, I believe I could be wrong though, but she started touring with him. Right. Backing him up. And, uh, the rest is history. Yeah. Lisa, what about you? What about midnight? I, I, I love this intro. It's one of my favorite intros. It's because it's it's musical. It builds. It's kind of Sabbathy and doomy. It's kind of classical. There's all this tension that's building. And uh, and it's sung instead of a garbled spoken intro that you can only hear like the first half of and then you can't understand the thing he's saying, <laughs> which is what he usually does. Yeah. So I like it. All right, cool. Ralph. Yeah. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. Is this the first intro with that's a that he's singing? I think yeah. it is. I think so, yeah. Yeah, it's actually a song. Kind yeah. of short song, but it's really cool. And I didn't know this was the ending of it. I didn't really pay attention, but uh, <laughs> but that's really cool, you know, uh, how uh he did uh about face doing the end at the beginning and Making it a song, actually, for an intro. I dig it a lot. Greg. Oh, it's a great intro. Uh, great atmosphere. Very creepy and eerie. Um, one thing, even starting here on the prologue, the intro, is uh, I love how they use the keyboards on this. Lisa mentioned Sabbath. It made me think more of... Uh, building to like a deep purplish type thing which i kind of feel it does but i love it it's cool and um i thought livia was a good addition and i don't mean this in a critical way because i love king's vocals you know even on uh, the previous albums when he would do the women's voices and all that but it's cool to have her added because I feel like you get a different aspect to the story that really wasn't there before when he was doing everything himself. I don't think it takes anything away from it other than I think she honestly should have been higher in the mix. I agree. Uh, there's people in the chat room. So if uh, you guys want to add to uh, what you think of each of these songs, let us know in the chat. So I can, and I'll, you know, tell them out on the show here. Uh, second song, the puppet master. I love how this starts off. With, it's very fast paced. Uh, some great guitar melodies in between the verses. I'm already liking this album more than Abigail too. Uh, King's vocals are really flowing with the music and it's uh, it's what was missing from that last album. Uh, Alan, what do you feel about the Puppet Master? Oh, it's a fantastic song. It's one of the best songs in the album, I think. Right. Um, and uh, I think uh, lyrically, um, it's uh, it's got some interesting lyrics. Um, uh, some, I mean, some of the lyrics, if you take them out of there, they're not very King Diamond. <laughs> what a magic right, right. mystery feeling, you know, it's like <laughs> some Apple lyrics or something in there. Um, but uh, uh, as a song, it's, it works really well. There are some of the songs on this album that are like really good standalone songs. 
Um, and this is one of them. Yeah. Bobby? I thought it was kind of cool that it was a, a Christmas theme song in a way. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, you don't get many uh, King Diamond Christmas <laughs> Christmas songs. Yeah. I like to also that it's a fast paced song. It got yeah. it got my blood racing right away. All right, cool. Uh, Devil Dozer in the chat. Hello, greetings from Kansas. He loves the puppet master. Uh, Christmas time in Budapest is probably one of my favorite lines sang from this album. <laughs> Lisa, right on. Yeah, I love it, and I immediately was like, "Thank you, thank you," because I was disappointed with Abigail too. So this is just, it's like songwriting and storytelling, using the music to tell the story, using the melodies to tell the story. Uh, There's a point where he says, there's a crash, up goes a leg and down Mm -hmm. goes a head. And so he's using the music to tell the story. There's great solos. It's a catchy chorus. Maybe, you know, it's a little you know, magical mystery feeling, you know, but, <laughs> but it's a song, man. It's a real song and it's memorable. Uh, great solos. It's not just jamming words into some music to tell right. a story. It's actually yeah. telling a story. Yeah. Ralph. Nightmare in Budapest, killer track, hard driving track. I love the little crunchy sections before it goes full blast. Another awesome song. I love mm. it. Greg. I love this one, man. This, this just takes right off from the intro and evokes that total feel of like wintry despair that that locked up in the snow does on that Black Rose rehearsal. And that's what made me think of it. But it, mm. I love it. Um, it tells the story perfectly. The crunchy parts, the solos, all of it goes great. Some of the lyrics are a little odd, but it, it didn't bother me. And it's one of my favorite songs on it. And I think I said everything. Oh, love the rhythm section on this. This is really where you notice Matt Thompson taking off. I love the fills he does on here. Yeah. And actually, at the end of this, I'll play an interview that me and Lisa did. Uh, actually, it's part two of our interview with Matt Thompson. So oh. stay tuned for that. Uh, next song, Magic. Another face, fast-paced track. Matt's drumming. Like you just mentioned, Greg, throughout this album is great. Uh, again, the song is full of melody, guitar solos all over the place, catchy lyrics, and great chorus. Uh, Al, what do you think of Magic? Uh, a few things. Um, as I was looking back on the uh, track notes on these, mm-hmm. um, I noticed that I think most of my favorite songs are Andy LaRoque songs on this album. Um, <laughs> okay. Kind of like the, the major... Um, Standalone songs were co-written with him, and the kind of filler songs are are more King Diamond uh, right. solo type stuff. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, this is one of my favorite songs. Uh, just the guitar riffs, fantastic uh, vocals, and it's kind of like King Diamond in love. I think you could kind of uh, <laughs> <laughs> King Diamond was submitting on this album. There's <laughs> <laughs> great uh, great chorus on this one. And uh, drumming's fantastic. Yeah. And it's, it's just a good one. One of the best songs on the album. Yeah. Yeah. I think Matt really uh, upped the game. In the interview, I was, I was watching as I was uh, uh, editing it a little bit. And uh, you know, he, he was talking about the, on, uh, on Abigail, too, when he recorded the, uh, the drums, they had um, the uh, triggers on the drums. And when you hit the, the drum with the trigger on it, 
it didn't really make any like he couldn't feel like a, a regular drum feel without a trigger on it it was like dead the sound dead in the sound so i don't think he had it on this album so he got to play more like his regular style and he got to feel like the drum kit so i think that's what really brought out his drumming a lot more bobby what do you think of uh, magic i like that it kept up the the, the uh of the tempo right and um I mean, I like the I like the lyrics and the the lyrics are kind of uh, I don't know. You you, you kind of wonder if he's talking about he's, he's witnessing a ritual or you know uh, some kind of you know the magic, but you know is it evil? Is it coming up from below? And uh, I, the solos, man. I mean, they trade they trade off some incredible solos in this in this song. It's just, you know, you know how. <laughs> yeah, this is, uh, I think, one of the, the best albums, like, you know, we're in the later ones uh, with the guitar solos. They're just, everything. well, he's got Mike Weed in the band now, too. So yeah. just between him and, and Andy LaRock, they just, uh, they're just like a great duo. <laughs> yeah. Lisa? Yeah, I think it's a great track. It rocks. It almost has like this album oriented rock kind of melodic sense to it and um you know as a songwriting team this time as opposed to abigail it seems like they really focused on uh working together and making something working around the chorus and then outward from there it's got this really catchy chorus um boy and an insane solo in there and he hams it up you know at this point when the ghost is like breathing on him that's one thing i have an issue with though there's a couple of loose threads i think in this story and maybe there were some things that ended up probably thankfully on the cutting room floor and it's this thing about this ghost breathing on him and saying kiss her and <laughs> who, who is this ghost <laughs> Who the fuck is this ghost? <laughs> so anyway, that's that's the only negative thing for me. But the rest, I love it. Yeah. Ralph, this song is fucking magic. Guitars, uh, drums, vocals, bass, keyboards, all, all <clears throat> just fit perfect. Amazingly, solo is amazing. It reminds me a little bit of Michael Shanker, the guitar solo on this. Mm. Awesome tune, love it. Magic is magic. Greg. This is my favorite song on the record, dude. It's, really? it's awesome. And this is what I was saying was I really feel like this is where they came full circle and sort of reimagined the classic King Diamond sound with other shit because you got um, Andy LaRock doing his more melodic sotos and Mike Weed total has that new wave of British heavy metal crunched his guitar on this. And I think he got a lot of that from Merciful Fate. But to me, this sounds like King Diamond going total Bay Area thrash. This is like King Diamond doing Wake Up Dead almost. Nice. The guitar solos are awesome. The choruses are memorable. Um, it, it, there's just that super punchy thrash backbone to it between the bass and the drums, man. I, mm. It's one of my favorite songs he's ever done, honestly. And nice. the different parts to it just meld together beautifully. But to me, I didn't think an album-oriented rock. I mean, it still has a little bit of that deep purple feel to it, but it sounds like total Bay Area thrash to me. Just as catchy and memorable as Jump in the Fire. Wow. <laughs> Although with much better musicianship. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Devil Dozer wants to know, uh, in this album, uh, the, uh, the CD version, there is a, uh, a, a DVD. It's and the King... Storyteller video. 
it was a storyteller thing and, and king's telling the stories of each song did anybody everybody watch that what are your thoughts i watched, on that? I watched it today actually oh yeah what do you think about that i feel very weird about it is it's daytime you notice that like if you look yeah. at the background it's like yeah daytime. yeah yeah I'm like, why didn't do it at nighttime he has a candle there right right <laughs> but it's still cool i mean it's Good cool point. daytime thing kind of like throws him off. yeah yeah a little bit lisa did you get to watch it i did get to watch it that was very yeah. cool yeah that was very cool yeah, I think it was. Yeah, it's interesting. But yeah, that's true. It's like the sun is shining through the window. What's going on here? <laughs> like, well, that's when the videographer could show up, and that was it. Why is the candle lit? You know, it's daytime. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about you, Alan? What did you think of that DVD? Did you watch it? Uh, way back uh, when I first got the CD of this, uh, it came in a package with the CD and the DVD. Yeah. And I, I watched it. I, I was pretty hyped up to get home and watch it. <laughs> and right. then, uh, yeah, it just turned out to be King in his home office with a couple of candles telling the story. <laughs> so, uh, it was a little let down. Um, I think this time I went back and I actually read the lyrics, which I had never done before. Right. Uh, I think this is one of the albums where you can kind of just listen to it and get most of the story. Right, right. Um, and uh, and the and the lyrics are, are actually pretty cool. I, I, uh, as you were saying, uh, there are so, a few weird kind of plot holes in there, mm. but. Um, uh yeah in general it's uh he, he tells the story pretty well but it's you might as well just listen to the thing you know yeah, yeah. you get most of it from just listen to it yeah what about you bobby joe watch the dvd shame on me i have not i've only oh. seen i've only seen clips from it didn't it <laughs> come in the um collector's edition or deluxe edition or something yeah like that? probably it should have been yeah right. they, yes. they called it the uh, puppet master deluxe edition it was yeah. the first yeah. I the whole thing's up on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's only like a half hour. It yeah. definitely did not come with the record. I got the record and didn't come with the record. Right on. Nice. I have to say, I, th I thought it was much cooler when I uh, first got it and watched it, but that was also, I had just moved a blunt before that. So I'm like, oh, cool, man. Tell <laughs> <laughs> a story. And then I rewatched it this week, and that was the first thing I noticed was, this is still pretty cool, but it's daytime, and that's strange. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was cool that that you know, he was actually telling about the story. He really didn't have to, like you said, Al, he didn't really have to tell because he he does a very good job in the album itself to, to tell this story. You know, he's kind of it's kind of easy to follow, I think, except for those that ghost thing. I don't know. But, yeah, he uh, said something about all the ghosts in the theater or something, and it was like a ghost in the theater. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I didn't get that either because when he's describing you know the process later about the puppets like it didn't bother me when i was first listening to it but i went back read the lyrics watched the uh, dvd thing again you know he mentions that the souls are trapped in the dolls i don't understand how the ghosts can be hanging around touching them warning about shit when they're stuck in the puppet but <laughs> <laughs> It makes sense somehow. Uh, Willie Survive is in the chat. He says, what's up? And Irish Metal Mike, he says, hello, first time checking out this show. And greetings from Emerald Isle. And he says to tell Bill, uh, tell Bobby hello. So Hey, what's up, brother? All right. Move along the album here. Next song, Emerencia. Uh, listening to the way King tells the story in the song, you can picture everything in your head uh, that's going on. 
how he describes everything, like Emma Rencia being 300 pounds of flesh, uh, watching her go down the stairs, the knife in her hand, the moon, it all just gets uh, set up in a scene in your head. Again, catchy song. Uh, I love Livia's parts. Her vocals being on the album, I think, really make the story come to life. Uh, I love the part where it slows down and it's just her singing over some melodies, which, uh, which sounded very Merciful Fate-ish to me. Uh, what do you think, Al? Uh, I think it was, a, it was a pretty good song. It, it moves the story along more than anything. Mm -hmm. um, you know, as a song, it's uh, it's definitely darker than the other previous tracks. And um, uh, one of the things I was thinking of when I was listening to this song is, uh, I think it's on the Conspiracy album. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know what format it is, but it comes with a comic book. <laughs> There's a... Uh, yeah. Yeah, maybe it was the CD version. It comes with a little it's, comic book of, of King Diamond. It's um, it, a two-page. I have it on vinyl, but it's a two-page insert with like comics on either sides. It's not really a full book, but I know what yeah. you mean. Yeah, it's a little comic depiction. And so I figured if that's official, then in these stories, King Diamond's wearing the makeup, so he's you know King Diamond in the story. And I'm thinking, well, if she's gonna turn him into a puppet. Is he gonna, still gonna have the makeup when he's a puppet? That's one of those weird little holes in the story, but um, that's, that's just what I was thinking about. I was listening to this one. <laughs> what, about, <laughs> uh, what about you, Bobby? Creepy, man. This one's creepy. You know, she kills a homeless guy in the alley and he sees it, you know, via the moonlight. And yeah, like you said, it's just it's Amarencia, the puppet master's wife, and she's 300 pounds, and you, you see her shuffling down the alleyway, sneaking up on the homeless guy. I mean, creepy, man. Yeah. You, can, like, you, you can picture it in your head, like you said. It's very, mm. very cool. I like some of the things that he doesn't hear, like the one line, I wonder why you left the door ajar. And then the music just stops and it kicks back in. I, I like I you, just know, think, little... you big dummy. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I hear red fox in my head. <laughs> you big dummy. <laughs> Don't go in that door, you idiot. <laughs> you big dummy. Uh, Lisa. Yeah, I, the first thing I wrote down was creepy. That's the word I wrote down on my notes. And then the drums come in and and is real storytelling with the music again. So for those of you out there who are songwriters and you're telling a story, if you have a song that's a story, you can use the music to be part of your story. So it gets quiet when he's creeping around. He's searching in the dark. It gets quiet again as he's secretly witnessing the crime. So it has mystery. It has dynamics. It's not just all up here or all down here. And I love at the end. Where they go, and then the blow. And he's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I like it. Oh, here's here's one question I have. Yeah. If she doesn't want to spill a drop of blood, why stab the victim at all? Why not just do what you did to King? Just whack him on the head. Mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't understand that. That so. is true. That is true. Uh, what about you, Ralph? Um. This one, uh, I, I love that line where he says uh, how strange it is in darkness, blood is black, not red. Yeah. I think that shit's so cool. Yeah. Killer riffs. Love the changes on this and uh, hate to make this brief, but it's another killer song. This album's awesome. 
I, I remember that line. Uh, it used to be one of my favorite lines from this whole album. I used to think of that all the time. Greg? Yeah, that's my favorite King Diamond line on here, too. And I just, when he's first describing her and the way he says, Emerentia, you can just picture him staring at this woman in this alleyway and sneering. <laughs> but um, I love the ending. It's my favorite part. Uh, it's got some really cool riffs in here. And I like most of the changes, but, and I'm sure some of you guys may even agree with me being musicians. What I miss about the LP format is things had to pretty much be 45 to 50 minutes. And mm -hmm. with some of these newer albums, he's not quite as succinct as he used to be. And this is another one where it's just like a minute too long and meanders just a little bit. It's better for the story than it really is music. It kind of loses me on this track and uh, another one later on. The next one, actually, for the same reason. Just too much shoved lyrically into one song. Uh, Falcon Crypto. What's up, Metalheads? Listening from Central Jersey. Uh, next song, Blue Eyes. Again, it's easy to picture this story playing out in your head. Uh, the way he viv vividly describes everything, how he's in the basement and then he sees the eyes of his love uh mm. cool intro with the harpsichord or whatever that thing is uh and then kicking in the song which is kind of upbeat for a song with these kind of lyrics uh i love how king makes that kind of music work like there's always like this happy music but yet he's talking about something dark and you know disturbing whatever i like how he does that al uh this one I, another thing i was questioning in the story is um why does she go out alone to the puppet theater? I don't think he ever explains that. Because um, he goes after her. Right. But it's not really clear why she left her, returned to the theater by herself. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> You're bringing those deep questions. I, I don't yeah, know. I can't answer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I thought this one kind of um, uh, was a good... Um, I don't want to call it a filler song, but it kind of recalls uh, the themes of, I think, some of the other songs, maybe the Puppet Master itself. Mm. Um, so it's another one that kind of just moves the story along. Um, very descriptive and um, yeah, pretty good song. Bobby. Descriptive as fuck. I mean, King Diamond's got away with words, mm. you know. Yeah. Um, the eyes in the dark and eyes I recognize that the best the best part for me is when he describes them being sacks of skin filled with skeleton bones and they're made from humans, you know, human bones and uh, eyes in the night. I see eyes in the night. I recognize, you know, and then, mm. you, you know, right away when he says that whose eyes they are, right. you know, but he doesn't, you know, uh, I mean, this is one of his creepier stories i think yeah you know? i think so too I, I, I agree though with, with with what he said about his delivery being a little muted being a little mm. bit i don't think he got that fire back until house of god i mean i i love house of god i think that's a very underrated album yeah i i really like that a lot cool but we're not talking about house of god right now so no we did that one already <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you joined too late. <laughs> yeah. uh, Lisa. Well, it's not my favorite song, but it's still a cool song. I love Olivia's voice. Yeah. Um, uh, it kind of meanders in places, 
you know, um, like Greg was saying. Uh, it does have some cool bass parts. Some some things I miss about these albums after uh, Timmy Hansen wasn't involved is that Timmy would always come up with bass lines that yeah. would like that were separate from the guitars right. that would maybe go along with the drums and you know this this has more of that modern era post metallica the yep. bass plays along with the guitar it is like the filler and so there's parts in here where uh hal is is playing stuff that is that's standing out and doing something different and so it's pretty it's pretty cool but in general it's not my favorite it's it's not my favorite song but it moves the story along yeah. well. Um, we are on uh, Blue Eyes, Blue right? Eyes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, man, when this song kicks in, it's got no time to play games and, and it doesn't have any time for your shenanigans. Uh, <laughs> I love, I love her voice. The female vocals incorporating this is awesome. Very cool. I love this whole album, spoiler, but yeah, this is a great song. This is one of the, one of the standouts for me. I, I really like it. Yeah. Greg. I really, really love this song when it first starts off and then it meanders a little bit, which drives me nuts because this totally kicks off with, again, that little multi-layered thrash and old merciful fate feeling to it held um, at one point during the solo Patino and Thompson do this thing that not that it sounds like the same rhythm riff from Satan's Fall, but it just reminds me of how Timmy and Kim had that interplay. It's really cool. Mm. But uh, yeah, as much as I like Livia's vocals, they really only needed to do that little blue eyes thing once. We didn't need that repeated in the song. (laughs) (laughs) I love his descriptions because he's very good at it, very visual Mm. and moves the story along good, but much like Iron Maiden's Quest for Fire, too many words, man. (laughs) <laughs> it's better than that song though oh it's, it's, it's the hey man you know riding dinosaurs come on <laughs> uh the ritual uh i think this is my favorite track on the album i hear some really i hear some things uh, musically that bring me back to the eye again it's very catchy uh and pretty much like every song on the album except maybe the next song christmas and uh it can uh, this song can stand on its own I think almost every song on this album can kind of stand on its own, except for a few. Uh, Al, Al. Yeah, I think this is another Andy LaRoe penned song. Um, mm. And the music is a little different. It's got kind of like a shuffling drum beat in the intro. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and it's got some more groovy riffs and uh, really great soloing by Andy on this. Uh, Bobby. Uh, the ritual. I'm trying to. I'm trying to remember. You know, I I feel bad because I didn't know that this was that kind of a podcast for you, <laughs> where you took down. <laughs> I thought everybody just gets together. It's about King, but that's right. Just pretend. Pretend. I mean, <laughs> atmosphere. I mean, like he said, uh, and Andy LaRocque is a different kind of a player, but um. That the groove kind of took me aback because I'm I wasn't used to that, um, mm. really coming from him. Oh shit, my cat! That's all right. <laughs> Soon we will see your cat's butt. 
Katrina, get down. She's a, she she's old. She suddenly became a lap cat. She's four. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's twelve, going on thirteen years old, and uh, never used to want to climb in my lap. Never used to come up over here up by the by the computer. And all of a sudden, she started doing it. So it worries me a little bit because mm-hmm. they, they when they start doing that, they might be in the twilight years. You know, yeah, she, possible. She's my sweetheart. I my love. Cat's the same way. She, she don't want to be held or nothing. I'm like, Ugh, I don't want to <laughs> <do> you. <laughs> Lisa, you know uh, it's, it, it's not a Zoom meeting until you see a cat's asshole. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> right, because they always jump on the owner, and they face yeah. the owner, so the ass is facing the camera. So yeah. I don't think I've been to a single Zoom anything without some cat butthole pointed at me but it's <laughs> <C-line>, <laughs> it's C-line a <laughs> she loves you she's so eyes. this she song wants to come back again no come back that's fine come along she loves king diamond come on no feline balloon knot yeah she's a black cat too. Uh, there you go there I you go two, two black ones fits in perfectly so it doesn't really it doesn't have a strong chorus but this song, it, it's got shit tons of riffs, lots of killer riffs, badass riffage, um, repeating melodies that are hooky, even though the chorus isn't like a repeating vocal line or repeating lyric, it has a repeating melody that's, that's hooky. Um, and this is an example of pacing in an album. I remember, see, the, here's the thing. I was not hip to the puppet master when it came out. I was busy doing other shit, working musician. I got into, you know, like funk and stuff like that. And uh, so I missed out on this until later on. And it was, it was just some years ago, maybe within the last 10 years that I put this on my phone and I took it along with me on a plane trip. And I thought, yeah, I got to check this out. I never checked this album out. And I remember just sitting on the plane going, oh, my God, this album is so good as an album. And so here's another tip. Those songwriters out there and album makers, you know, the problem I had with Abigail was it's just like, you know, we need to make a really aggressive album. So let's just make all the songs aggressive, aggressive one after another. And it's like, no, you need if you want to tell a story and have an album, you need to have an arc. You need to have it, you know, as a whole. It's not just about the songs telling a story. As a whole, they need to, you know, you need to take the tempo down. Uh, so I was like, yes, this album has pacing. And that's what I like about the song and about where it is on the album. Yeah. So that's my rant for the day. <laughs> Ralph. Uh, the ritual. Um, Andy is so godly on the song. Those riffs and the solo slay. Mid tempo tune. Heavy metal rules, man. <laughs> I don't know about that. Uh, Craig. Ralph's Total headbanger. Great. I mean, to, to be honest, the, the riffs and the melodies, especially on this, are so catchy and great. I have no idea what exactly what the fuck the full lyrics are to this because I was more focused on the guitars. Yeah. It's, oh, 
no, I did write down something about the lyrics. Um, these these are probably the most gruesome ones on here because he's describing the ritual and ripping the eyes out with the scalpel and injecting the blood and all that. And he just says it with such ghostly relish. I love it. <laughs> what does ghostly relish taste like? <laughs> kind of bland. <laughs> Actually, what it tastes like Ecto Cooler. It tastes like chicken. <laughs> Everything tastes like chicken. Tastes like chicken yeah. yeah. Well, since it is a horror story, maybe it'd be like Austin Powers' baby, the other white meat. <laughs> uh, no more me, and I wish there was no more of you. Uh, this one <laughs> isn't for the weak stomached. I've said a few times how King is describing the story uh, as you can picture it. Uh, well, this one kind of gets really graphic, and those screams he does is literally is uh, it's kind of disturbing. Uh, lyrically, this song is I, I like how it, it it tells all the things of them ripping his eyes out and all that stuff like that. Even though it's it's terrible to hear it, but it makes the song and and I, I love it. I think it's a really good really good track. Uh, what about you, Al? Uh, this one's got some interesting music. It kind of starts with like an organ waltz. Yeah. And yeah. then it turns into like a heavier plodding song. Um, and then uh, uh, it's really like one of those um, parts of the concept where it kind of moves things along, uh, very descriptive. And um, I just love the part at the end where he says uh, that Emerencia throws his carcass in the trash. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's funny we can laugh all about it, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Is his face still painted? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bobby, no more me. This is like the payoff song, isn't it? This is like yeah. when he's getting turned into the puppet. And yeah, uh, yeah I remember the... Uh, the lines about cutting the eyes, eyes lids off with the scalpel and falling into jars and, um, you know, no more me at all. He, he's, he's talking about, I have no eyes. I have no eyes. Yeah, it's a fucked up song. <laughs> it's a fucked up song. Yeah, it's pretty fucked up. Lisa. Stupid skin from my bones and his veins being like worms worms in the sun or something drying in the sun yeah it's fucked up <laughs> sick it is you can it curse is. on here right yeah yes. why, why not go ahead <laughs> i know i will so <laughs> you might as well i'm restraining myself again i broke down the word creepy <laughs> creepy filthy new jersey mouth filthy new jersey mouth over here hey i married a new jersey guy I married a new I married a Jersey boy and he I'm the one that swears and not him as much. <laughs> that's yeah. that's different. That's different. Yeah, I know. So hammy too. I gotta have my hammy king diamond, man. It can't just be all oh it's gotta be oh you know my eyes and shit you know <laughs> i love this because and i love the the circusy waltz and all that yeah. stuff and the drummer gets he uh he gets matt gets writing credit on this i know yeah. yeah so you know i don't know if this is something they worked up in the studio but these echoed guitars 
it's like this guitar effect. I don't know. It's it sounds like you know you're rolling off the uh, the volume pickup, but I know it's an effect really. Um, while he's hamming it up, and it, if you got headphones on, it's kind of going from one side to the other, and all his blood in little jars, and seeing her throw his carcass in the trash. I mean, it's just really horrific. This has got to be one of the most horrific straight up horror because most of his stuff is like creepy shit right right, right. you know and the creepiest thing is oh we gotta stab this little baby in order to stop her evil you know and you're like oh that's terrible but no this is way worse ralph uh strange intro on this one almost circusy music uh demented and fucking awesome man uh i love the swirling keyboards in this track yeah Pretty epic, I dig it. Greg. Yeah, definitely easily the creepiest and most unsettling on the album. And it's actually the lyrics to this tune I was thinking about. So yeah, the riffs were so good on the ritual. I totally fucking forgot what it was about. But anyway. <laughs> I thought you went a little too far there, but I was letting you go. But um, oh, <laughs> one thing that was in the ritual that they carry over here that I like in this too. Lisa mentioned uh, Sabbath earlier and they mentioned the groove in the song before they kind of do like early Sabbath jazz fusion type sound on the ritual and then carry over some doomy guitars into this. I really like that. I thought it was cool. But yeah. Good song. Very unsettling, especially starting off with that friggin' gallopy music, man. <laughs> I like that shit, but it's very effective. Yeah, it works here. Uh, Blood to Walk. Uh, I believe this was the first uh, song released for the album. I remember really liking it, and I still do. Again, some really cool parts on here that reminded me of earlier albums. Al, what do you think of Blood to Walk? Yeah, it's my recollection. This was the first single. Um, So it did get me really hyped up about this one because it was like a comeback, um, uh, you know, based on the previous album. Mm. But... um, uh, it was kind of a, a downer in that uh, I don't think they ever came out with any videos for this album. Nope. Uh, it was kind of his commercial low point or close to it. Yeah. Um, and when I got that uh, DVD, I was expecting like a conceptual music video or something. Right, know, right. Just king in an office. Yeah. Um, <laughs> during the day. <laughs> yeah, during the day. Maybe a candle. <laughs> they sprung for some candles for him. <laughs> Uh, I don't think he got tour support. It was pretty, I think it was a pretty low time for him, but um, yeah. uh, this is a really great song. I, I think I rank it as my third favorite song on the album. Um, it's got great drumming, uh, fantastic riff. This is the song that uh, I think the lyrics are the least important on. It's like the most standalone song where it's just kind of like, uh, this is about a puppet thing and yeah, here's yeah, a cool yeah. song and <laughs> just check this out. Yeah. Um, and uh, that's, that's pretty much it. Cool. Bobby, blood to walk. Yeah, this this one is very much a, an Andy LaRocque uh, style uh, style tune. I remember it, we, it was the single, right? He said the first one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, lyrically, I only remember him talking about being on the shelf, and yeah, he can't move when he sees Victoria, and he knows it's her, and I guess I guess it's pretty torturous. When you you know you're sitting there on a shelf and you're a puppet, staring at the the woman you love, who's also I guess a puppet, right? By now, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it was it's a cool tune. It's a cool song. Cool, Lisa. 
Yeah, it's a cool song. It brings the tempo and the energy back up. And again, there's that pacing in the album. So, you know, we're changing things up. But this actually, this is actually a King Diamond composition. And Mm -hmm. although, you know, when you're arranging with somebody, you know, LaRope is going to add his flavor to it. But there's this point where it goes to this F sharp minor. I'm like, yep, we're back in the day, old merciful fake day. <laughs> we're in F sharp pentatonic minor playing some groovy thing with the flat five going on. I actually picked up my bass and was playing along. And uh-huh. so the only thing that it, I think with the story that it moves along, because it is more puppet stuff, is something about our minds are now in our eyes. And so that's kind of, that's all they are. And it's almost, it kind of reminds me of that Metallica song you know the guy in the hospital oh, bed yeah and one and he uh, that's all he's got he's just yeah. he can't communicate which is just uh, horrific yeah uh did you ever watch that movie by the way johnny got his gun i have johnny yeah. got his gun no I never got, did. yeah it's a very disturbing movie i couldn't sit through the whole thing my grandfather made me watch it <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, you kind of did. Uh, Falcon Crypto, uh, this is great. I'm listening to the tracks as uh, you you review them. Cool, that's a good way to watch the show. Uh, Ralph, what do you think of uh, I forgot what we're even on, but to walk, but to walk in. Uh, it sounds kind of like some Megadeth riffs in this. Uh, the, those riffs really, uh, they're very Megadeth to me. The, the later riffs in the song is pure metallic another killer tune love it yeah uh devil dozer says ralph love your kiss wednesday episodes uh and he wants lisa to sing a line from the puppet master god do i even remember any of these lines from the puppet master (laughs) like i said man i didn't really i didn't like you know do this album a lot let me see what the lyrics are it's a magical mystery feeling. It's a magical mystery feeling. I remember that. There it is. There it is. Here's your line. Is that good enough for you, Devil Dozer? Greg. This is a total classic. This is this album's Welcome Home, I wrote down. I can totally see why it was the first single. Everything about it is catchy. And it's got those like I was saying about the earlier song and Ra- Magic and Ralph mentioned too, those Megadeth type riffs. Just a total banger, man. Old school, but fresh. Yeah. Uh, Darkness. Second favorite song on the album. Uh, it has those overused Egyptian guitar chords that I always talk about. Hey, I uh, like- getting sick of uh, hearing. <laughs> but uh, going on, uh, oh, chords going on, but uh, there's so many cool parts in the song. I'll let it slide. Uh, it also reminds me of the Mad Arab from the Merciful Fate song. Um, a bit. Oh, I'm reading this stupidly. Uh, from the Merciful <laughs> Fate song, a bit. And that chorus is really catchy with Olivia trading the vocals off with King. Uh, Al, what do you think? Uh, this is my favorite song on the album. Uh, <laughs> I think it's got a few different peaks. It, it kind of, as a song, um, it has a good arc where it, it starts off kind of slow and it picks up a lot um it's got i think uh my favorite andy laroque solo um and the just the bridge part is one of the best parts on the song yeah uh, so it kind of like builds to a chorus and this is uh lyrically it's um 
kind of describing the uh, the process by which the puppet master revives them with blood. Um, and then uh, at, toward the end of it, that's where Victoria starts dancing. It's kind of the crux of the whole story where uh, things go bad and she gets banished yeah. to Berlin. <laughs> so it, it was also like every, uh, all the, the best parts of the, the whole concept kind of just come together in the song. It's really cool. Yeah. Uh, and I guess you did okay. Uh, Lisa Devil Dozer said thanks and gave it the horn sign. So yeah, you did good. I try. I <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, this album as well. Yeah, Bobby. I I totally dig the uh, the Egyptian stuff too, man. I I mean that was you're talking that that goes all the way back to Merciful Fate. You know, yeah. I, Matt Arab, totally, man. Matt Arab, I would, matter of fact, I think I played the Matt Arab, Arab part two uh, last week on my show. But, Which one do you uh, like better, the first one or the second one? It's so hard to say, man. I, I don't know. I might lean I might lean towards the second one. Yeah. I, I, I think it was kind of cool the way they continued it, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, you know, it brings uh, the story around full circle. You know, mm-hmm. yep. but um, yeah, I mean, darkness was good, man. It was a good way to end the album, you know, talking about uh, uh, his, his wife dancing and all at the end was pretty creepy. You know, you could kind of see it, you know, in, in your in your mind's eye. You could see him see her dancing around like a puppet. And shit. It's, yeah, it was pretty disturbing. <laughs> Lisa. I thought this was really unique and almost like symphonic metal. It almost sounded like some kind of like symphonic black metal or something with these really fast drums, these double kicks and the organ and the female vocals, you know, it's it's definitely very European. There's so, and and, and I heard those Egyptian, you know, all those harmonic minor (laughs) shit going on. I was like, Wayne's going to hate this song. (laughs) The Mad Arab. but here's the thing we're living through our memories and it's worth it (laughs) that i was like it's worth it okay yeah the whole like my veins are like worms drawing in the sun and all this stuff it's totally worth it to sit here and just stare at you on a shelf (laughs) don't get i just don't get that line that's it. The rest of it's great. <laughs> Ralph. Oh, you're on mute, Ralph. Me, Ralph. No, I'm not. I was just messing with <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love <laughs> this one, man. Those riffs set such a mood. Yeah, the Egyptian type thing. And it gets a bit of, a little bit convoluted in spots, but I still think it's an ass kicker. I dig it. Greg. Oh, uh, well. You, one thing first, I'm going to track back to Blood to Walk for a second, just because no, we, we were can't talking do that. about the lyrics. Well, <laughs> I have to mention it because it was the most what the fuck thing for me lyrically on the album and where okay. that song can stand on its own. But in the lyrics to it in the chorus, when he, Blood to Walk, Blood to See, that was the one that really made me go, what the fuck? Because from the intro, he's talking about 
like trapped and can't move but can see everything now all of a sudden in the song to make it fit they have to inject them with blood to see too it didn't make any sense but well, not anyway. him everybody else <laughs> right aren't his eyes immortal because he got the blood splattered in his eyes i that's what confused. i thought but this i i, I could have sworn in the song that he said he needed to be injected to see too and that just really confused me me too yeah. but uh darkness is cool. too much it, it's got several different parts it's got that real cool bluesy beginning and you know the the different vocals the Egyptian riffs and the solo sections my favorite part of the song along with the drums it's got again that real new wave of british heavy metal almost maiden feel to it the way they trade off the solos and all and the drums are kick-ass yeah uh so sad the title of the song says it all uh, the story is heartbreaking. Sometimes I feel like the song is hard to listen to. Not because I don't like it, but King did a great job on making you feel these characters and having Livia sang at the end, I can't see you anymore. And King says, goodbye. Uh, good song, but tough to listen to. Al? Yeah, this is the ballad on the album. Yeah. Um, the music gets very sparse. Um, it has a cool bridge with a solo part. And uh, I felt that the riff was kind of um, fade to blackish. I noticed a little fade to mm. black there. Yeah. Um, lyrically, he uses the metaphor of the butterfly, um, which kind of um, suggests the metaphor metamorphosis of him turning into a puppet too, which is kind of cool. I thought that okay. was a nice yeah. lyrical um, moment there. And he actually says, "I love you." So. <laughs> King Diamond says, "I love you." <laughs> That's all I have to say about this. <laughs> Bobby. I'll tell you, I I thought that the solo was kind of heartfelt in it. And like you said about the music being sp uh, sparse, it kind of like colors the story, though, you know. Yeah. But I, I remember this one reminded me of the movie Lepterica because he starts talking about the butterfly. And I don't know if you ever saw Lepterica, but it's it's it translates to the she butterfly. Uh, it's actually a vampire story. So the very first Serbian horror movie. So check it out. It's it's historical. Oh. But uh, that's pretty much I. That's you know, I guess it didn't stick with me. Yeah, yeah it's just a. But I do remember a cool that. Remember that that reminded me of of Lepterica. It was pretty cool. Lisa. Yeah, I it's it's nice. It's a slow pace. It's a love story. It's like King Diamond's doing a love story. Now I've fucking heard everything, man. <laughs> I'm sorry. Here's the thing. I don't I yeah. don't understand this butterfly thing. Do you remember the butterfly? And I'm looking through the lyrics. I'm sure right. right. butterfly. <laughs> On their first date, they saw a butterfly. It's like, no, and we dried it up, and it's like. You did what? So that makes me, what the fuck is with this ghost and with this butterfly? And my eyes can see because the blood spilled, but now they don't. But that's okay because I like Game of Thrones and they did plenty of that kind of shit. You know, <laughs> it's like, hey, let's go over here. Okay, then let's don't. I think maybe it's a part of the storyline that got cut. It could be. That they edited it down because basically he's like, he's kissing her. Mm, we're in love and then boom it's a year later so i think there's a song that got cut from the album that's my 
mm-hmm. thought process. But yes, we can still see it as a thank you, Al, because now we can see it. I can see it as a metaphor. <laughs> Otherwise, it's like, oh, what butterfly. Ralph, do you see the metaphor? Uh, all I know is that this song always gets something in my eye. I'm not crying, but there's always oh. something in my eye when I hear this song. It's so sad. And uh, I love Livia's <laughs> voice on this. And uh, uh, it's just... It's great, you know. It brings like a different tempo to the album, you know. Uh, you know, a different sound. I love it. I think it's great. I love it all. I love everything on this album. Apparently, uh, Greg. Uh, love the duet vocals. Very emotional. Brings a love story together. But this is another one where, outside of the duet vocals and the uh, <clears throat> really good guitar solo. A little too long for me. Meanders a little bit too much. It's one of them ones where it's like, all right, get, get to the fucking point. We get it. The butterfly. Christ. <laughs> it's a metaphor. I get it. I don't need you to repeat it four times. Oh, so you did You did get the metaphor. I didn't get the metaphor. Yeah. Um, the, the I got the metaphor, but I had to go back and look at the lyrics like Lisa was saying, because the way he described it, I just remembered him saying that they saw a butterfly, not that they fucking where? did all this other shit. <laughs> where? Where, Greg? Where did they say they saw a butterfly? Greg's got the bonus track. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it is mine, man. Says it when he's talking about when they're on that date. I don't know. Maybe not. Probably not. And now you're making shit up. Uh, <laughs> Christmas. Uh, I remember hearing this for the first time. I'm like, what the fuck is this? There's a song about the little drummer boy now. King's doing a song about the drummer boy. That's where we're going. Full circle, man. Yeah, I know. Uh, I thought it's maybe we're getting. Album. Yeah. yeah, it's like Die Hard. Uh, uh, I thought maybe we're getting more of uh, Full Moon Films' Puppet Master series, but <laughs> I thought maybe we're getting uh, No Presents for Christmas Part Two or something. But uh, <laughs> we got neither of those. Uh, this is probably my least favorite song on the album, but only because I feel like it's a song you can't just listen to outside the context of the album. There are parts I really like on it, though, and uh, King does one of his great laughs towards the end. Mm-hmm. Al, yeah. Al, what do you think about Christmas? <laughs> so, yeah, there are a couple of things about this song. Um, as you said, it's not, it's not a great standalone song, but it really works into the concept. And uh, lyrically, going back on this, I noticed a few things which basically came to mind. I think if you keep in mind that uh, King is satanic, he's a uh, follower of Satanism, Mm. um, it makes a lot of sense. This is a Christmas song and a Christmas album. So what he does is he actually uh, takes the Christmas concept and turns it on its head. So he's got the Christians oppressing the, uh, you know, the puppet master is the Christian. Uh, and his wife is the Christian, and they're actually, uh, you know, oppressing the Satanists and, and killing them. That's what's what's cool about this, uh, lyrically. <laughs> so he's actually, you know, he's making a criticism of Christianity um, uh. by making a Christmas album. <laughs> 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 uh, you know, makes the Christians the monsters. Um, also, I was thinking um, how cool it would be. It's been twenty, I think, twenty years since this album came out, yeah. and. Uh, what happened to the puppet master too where uh, basically it's like the great puppet caper where he goes off and tries to find his girlfriend you know goes to the Berlin. great puppet caper <laughs> 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 yeah. 
<laughs> he escapes from the shop and we follow the puppet across Europe. <laughs> oh, <laughs> really, that could be awesome. He could be like a little vampiric puppet with his little syringe <laughs> sucking blood out of the fucking Nazis. <laughs> yeah, that's a concept <laughs> album, <isn't> it? <laughs> Don't give him any ideas. Uh, Bobby? I hate this fucking song. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> Sorry, I gotta be honest. I hate this fucking show. I used to tip it. I mean, I, I just, I don't know. I wasn't feeling it, man. Yeah, you know? no, I, I totally get but it. At the end is the best part. I mean, I kept thinking of fucking Geppetto and, and Pinocchio. <laughs> <laughs> so, I didn't like it. What do you want me to do? Why? I'm not gonna lie. That's, don't lie. That's, that's why I want you on the show, uh, Lisa. <laughs> But uh, thanks, uh, King Diamond will not come on our show now. Thank you. They don't like my music. Ah. Now, when I tell him I had a triple bypass too, he'll, you know. Oh, all right. That makes things much better. Kindred spirits. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Lisa, I, Christmas. Well, it's got some cool stuff in it. It's got some cool stacked chords in it. It's a King Diamond composition. But again, I think, you know, when you're, it sounds like he and Andy were really working hand in hand and Andy had a hand in arranging this song. And so there's a cool stack chords and stuff and some cool bluesy riffs, but it is meandering. And, uh, and it also, it, it, it has a cool laugh, uh, some cool solos, but there's one solo. I think it was like the first solo. That's I think it's Mike Wheat and it's just over shred. And it's yeah. not tasteful, and it's just kind of like, <laughs> what are you doing, man? What are you high? I don't know. So that was kind of weird. Um, and also in the story, he's like, Well, I'm just gonna screw up the show. I gotta find my girlfriend, so I'm gonna fall down and break my drum, and I'll show you. And you see all that worked out, huh? Uh Ralph. I love it. Though I will say it is my least favorite on here because you know yeah. the, the little beginning with the ba da ba ba bum, you know, it's and... a little too hokey, but hey, you know. Uh but it's metal, man. It's so metal it's not funny. I'm not laughing. Uh, <laughs> but King laughs on this track, and I always welcome his wicked laugh. Yeah, you know? that's the best part. Yeah, hmm? it's a headbanging tune in spots and uh Hail Santa. <laughs> Greg. Uh, it's okay. I mean, I personally like the little drummer boy intro because it, it ties in well at the beginning and brings it back full circle to the beginning of the story because that was the puppet that mesmerized King's character in the first place. But uh, one Lyrically, it makes no fucking sense. He's gonna screw up. He's gonna screw up the show and go search for his girlfriend. But he needs an injection of blood every hour to stay mobile. Like it's, it's worse written in a Schwarzenegger <laughs> movie in that one part. Sorry, King, but <laughs> <laughs> love you, man. But that, that, that one really bugs me a little bit. Horrible plan. Well, but, is there uh, somebody else running? Because he sent her to Berlin and there's another theater. So is there another puppet master over there injecting blood and with big fat wife killing people and shit? <laughs> I mean, seriously, I want to know. Inquiring minds want to know. Well, Puppet Master 3, the movie. <laughs> <Berlin>. <laughs> the man. <laughs> 
not sure if there's a connection, but um, the that solo that comes out of nowhere, as much as I like the solo, that did bug me because it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> not appropriate. Nothing to do with the rest of it. But um, not one of my favorites, but I do like it. The one thing that really just kills it and stops it dead, though, is when they do that second little drummer boy thing. They were on a roll. It was building up to that fast part. They should have just let him describe his fall and all that shit throughout the driving part of it. They didn't need to stop and go, oh, rump a bum bum. I don't need Jimmy fucking Dorsey twice on a king. <laughs> but I'm glad Al said that because I get it a little bit more now. And that never occurred to me before. Oh, yeah, you brought, we brought a lot of insight to these songs. <laughs> yeah, well, that's why it's been fascinating to me to hear you guys take on it because I'm like, what in the hell? And you're like, no, no, it's cool. Get it. Check it out. <laughs> <laughs> Metaphor, uh, man. <laughs> the final song, Living Dead. Uh, pretty decent ending to the album. Uh, it's like the album started at a fast pace, it ended on a fast pace. Uh, and I kind of like the acoustic outro of the song, it's pretty cool. I don't know. The song's not really that memorable to me. I don't think it's like the best ending song that they've ever done. Uh, and me, even me and Greg talked about this earlier. It kind of doesn't feel like an ending to the album, really, in a way. It should maybe feels like a middle of the album type song, but uh, it's it's a decent song. What about you, Al? Well, uh, the ending uh, piece is that he throws in that kind of that plot twist where, uh, watch out, the puppet master is coming to uh, London, you know. <laughs> <laughs> kids are starting a, a new uh, puppet theater for kids, you know. It's like, oh, watch out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it just kind of wraps up the album, and he, that that gets thrown in there. It's not, it feels like kind of a bonus track, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's it's uh it's it. I think uh, <laughs> just overall, it it um, you know, have if you if you analyze it like we're analyzing it. Um, it can seem kind of like a hokey concept and there are a lot of holes in it, but if you're just sitting and listening to the album, it's actually a really entertaining uh, it is. concept just for, uh, just for a straight listen. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. What about you, Bobby? I was glad that the, the album ended on, um, you know, an upbeat song. Um, the ending was kind of reminiscent of the end of heaven and hell with, uh, you know, the outro being me- a, a mm-hmm. mellow acoustic it was it was cool i mean i i personally prefer the upbeat king diamond songs i mean i get it that you know he's got to throw a couple mid-tempo and slower ones in there but i i just like faster stuff unless i'm listening to sabbath or doom or something you know yeah well disruption is my fucking favorite man i i mean you know i i've I like it. They get my they get my blood fucking going. But King is King was very influential on me when I was a, when I was starting out. I mean, the first demo I did in 1989, it was really it was kind of half Merciful Fate, half Exciter, because they were like two my two favorite bands at the time were Merciful Fate and Exciter. So mm-hmm. I, King was very. I mean, I wore the makeup and everything. I wore you know corpse paint and everything, my own little thing, mm-hmm. but. Uh, yeah, I mean, 
I, I love my King Diamond, don't get me wrong, but uh, I do I do prefer the more up-tempo, yeah. mid-up-tempo yeah, stuff. So I, I was, I mean, listen, the Puppet Master is 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 better than Voodoo, that's for sure. I didn't, I, I mean. Get the hell out of here. Really? <laughs> <laughs> I had an argument with my old co- my old co-host. But now you're gonna have an argument with me, goddammit. He <laughs> <laughs> likes voodoo better. I was like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Now, but a great album. All his fucking albums are good. I mean, he never made an album that sucks. I I I, I have arguments with people about uh give me your soul, please. Mm-hmm. Because I, I know a few, few people are like, oh that album sucks. Oh, this and that. Oh, the first song sounds like painkiller. You know, all kinds of you know, oh, but I mean the album is way better than people give it credit for. So yeah. we're gonna be doing that one next, right? So yeah, I want yeah, to yeah. listen to that for sure. Yeah, definitely. Lisa. Yeah, it's a sad ending. Jeez, man, it's dismal. But he also sets it up. I mean, lyrically, he he's really set it up, man, for that sequel. And it's like sometimes, like I found out this show Night Sky that I really like. It's on Amazon about, you know, these aliens, and this old couple that find this portal to alien worlds or something in their basement. The and now they're not going to do season two. <laughs> I was like really invested in this fucking show. And now they're not going to do season two. So now it's like there's going to be another puppet show for kids. <laughs> You know, in London, and he's been, he's hanging on 18 years, I mean, 18 years, so he, I think he had plans for like 18 years later, he, you know, somebody comes in the puppet shop, and oh, I'm from Berlin, and I got a puppet that, with blue eyes, that would go great with this puppet, so, you know, I'm just, I was, you know, hoping for part two it's not musically the strongest thing and but it has cool dynamics and it also has this like muppet groove that i i call it the muppet groove <laughs> every <laughs> like album has muppet groove we can just imagine <laughs> dancing around like this <laughs> of electric mayhem <clears throat> but uh but yeah yeah i'm waiting for you know please live long enough dude to make Puppet Master 2 because I want to hear it. Puppet Master 2, the electric boogaloo. The electric Brown. boogaloo. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Ralph. Well, I say, uh, I'm looking at porn and let's finish the show. I got to say, this. they say the uh, what a song, man. Those killer riffs and tempo changer are just perfect. This is my favorite track off the album. I love it. What? Really? (laughs) (laughs) To each their own. (laughs) Hey, you think the same if you smoke crack listening to this like I did. (laughs) That was my mistake. I had angel dust. I guess I should have been listening to a Venom record instead. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Greg. Um, yeah, like you and I were talking before we started this. I like the song, no parts of it are a little memorable. I mean, it still has good dynamics, good melodies, good solo, and all that. And I like the fact that it's up tempo, but the story and the rest of this album was structured so well, it's odd that it ends on a song of this tempo and that transition in at the end into that little epilogue is just a little too awkward for me there should have been like 
an acoustic piece or something to connect that to set the mood. But, and then also, he has to do a sequel. I mean, all of a sudden, there's demonic puppet masters having fucking children, and then they're making their own fucking demonic puppet show in London. And then, so the shop in Berlin, supposedly a friend of his that also deals in these fucking demonic puppets. How the hell was he on the wall for 18 years? I mean, there can't be that many of these things around. It <laughs> <laughs> uh, make more sense than Twilight Zone, the movie, though. Oh, here. Here's another thing that I'm not sure about, and the, I'm sure the rest of you guys picked up on this too, about he made a deal with a demon. Mm. So there's a part in that song where it's describing how he got, why he's doing this. And I guess it's like it, he's famous for these, because they're saying, oh, it's, it's sold out. They're sold out shows. So he's kind of like Robert Johnson, you know, selling his soul at the crossroads or something, you know, except he's, you know, selling puppets. I don't know. <laughs> I so don't you know picked up on that? No. So so is is the other puppet master in Berlin also doing that? Are his children going to do that in old London town? <laughs> I don't know. Puppet so master God. too will answer all of our questions. Right, King Diamond? Yes, they will. Uh, that's a terrible King Diamond impersonation. Uh, hey, that's better. Uh, Devil Dozer says, uh, totally unrelated, but since we're near the end of this album, uh, I want to throw this in. Do you think King will ever record and release The Institute? He's been waiting since 2019. Mm. What does everybody think? What do you think, Bobby? Is it ever going to come out? It depends. It depends how many people ask for it. If there's demand, might do it. Yeah. If he knows, if I don't know how many other King Diamond fans, you know, are anxiously awaiting it, but I mean, I know I would if if I knew fans were asking for it and let's say clamoring for it, then definitely. But uh, I don't know. It depends, man. I'm still waiting for the friggin' merciful fade out. <laughs> Christ's yeah. sake. Something's coming. He's got one song. I'm so bummed about Timmy Hansen. Jack of Salzburg, but that, I mean, he hasn't put a studio version of it out yet. There's yeah. a damn good live version of it floating around that I have yeah. that sounds tremendous. But um, we need the fucking Merciful Fate album, man. Yeah. I Something's think there's coming. a business problem. Been waiting a long time. And business problem with who? I think that I smell, <clears throat> I smell a business problem. Because I was thinking, is it a health problem? Was it a pandemic problem? I thought, okay, it's a pandemic problem. And then is it a health problem? No, he's playing gigs. He's going out and traveling and touring and shit. Yeah. So I smell a conflict. I smell some kind of conflict business-wise. Well, he's still on Metal Blade now. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if it's a financing thing, if it's a, you know, a creative difference. I don't know. But there's something I, I just think there's something up. I hope it's not a health problem. I I see what you're saying about the business end, Lisa, and actually not the puppet master, because there was a tour for this. But um, when he did Abigail to Metal Blade, actually, at the time, refused to finance the tour because it didn't sell that well. So I could totally see them being apprehensive about it maybe making some kind of problem on that yeah what do you think al is it ever going to show the light of day 
I actually, I've got a much more positive view on it. I, I think uh, the opposite. I think um, his resurgence in live popularity. Um, yeah. Like if you've been to a King Diamond Merciful Fate gig recently, yeah. much huge venues. Like um, uh, I think off the back of him opening for Slayer um, a few years ago, he just had a huge resurgence in live popularity. So I think that has just put the recording on the back burner because he can make a lot more money live mm. uh, playing big first festivals be. and stuff. So um, I think now um, that he's done a few tours now with Merciful Fate, I think that both albums are going to be coming out pretty soon, probably next year, because he's going to he's going to focus on that, get it out there, and then he's going to be able to do his own tour and make some money with that. So yeah. I think build, building up the interest. Yeah. For the album. Yeah. What about you, Ralph? You think it's coming out? Yeah, but what's really funny is that uh, when Merciful Fate got back together yeah. in the 90s, uh, King Darnold got <laughs> selling more. Right. He was more popular than Merciful Fate. And I think the time has changed because I have seen reports that the new, <clears throat> new Merciful Fate's coming out this year, but not the new King Diamond. Right. So um, it, King, next King Diamond, I hope it comes out. I saw King Diamond play a song off it. What four years ago? <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, what was that song called? Um, it's a good song, whatever. Mas- Masquerade of Madness. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. So uh, it's a lot of work to make a record. Yeah. So probably it's a lot of work. Probably. I've done song. two records in, in oh, less than a year. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that hard. <laughs> I hate you guys. Oh, Peter Chris. <laughs> there's, there's holes in the story, and he wants to refine. Yeah. I think he, I think he's just trying to build up his value. I, I, I mean, he's got a home studio; people can record remotely. I think he's just he's going to push the Merciful Fate stuff, and then he's going to push his own stuff. So he's going to yeah. put out probably a Merciful Fate album, do a big tour on that, use that to to pump up the pro, you know popularity of King Diamond solo, and then he's going to start pushing his own stuff. Yeah, yeah you, plus you he's got a kid now, so that's kind of taking up. That's, that's what I thought too. He's probably <laughs> spending so much time with his kid. Yeah. But yeah, uh, yeah it, it makes sense. I, th- I think they'll come out. I just hope with him having the home studio and all that, it, it neither of them gestate too long and mm-hmm. they, they make it too long. Or you, you know what I mean? Thinking about it too much isn't as good as putting it out, is just as bad as putting it out too fast. So, But mm-hmm. I do think both of them will be released, although I am much more excited for the Marshall Fate record, I have to say. Yeah. Uh, Bobby, some guy, Mark, I can't pronounce this last name, Oosterwick. That name's a fucking yeah. nightmare, buddy. So we're going to call you Mark Smith. <laughs> Mark Ooster. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he's been, uh, he says, uh, Bobby Lucas, my brother. Hell yeah, man. It's my brother from another mother from the Netherlands. Yeah. That's what he said. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, Al, did you have a story about Budapest? <laughs> Why did you hear something about that? I I saw a little something about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. We, we did a, a, a European tour a couple of years ago, and uh, we we actually uh, Tommy, the bass player in my band, he's a huge King Diamond fan. Uh, his his you know metal battle vest is all King Diamond patches. Oh, wow. uh, all Merciful Fate King Diamond. Um, and uh, when we got to Budapest, uh, we actually took a day off and just search for a puppet theater to see if we could find one <laughs> would that be awesome and, and believe it or not we found a puppet theater it was closed we didn't get to see it but uh take pictures <laughs> no. in front please tell me you took pictures in front 
<laughs> and we got pictures, yeah. You missed the underground tour, but oh well. <laughs> <laughs> well. We got to Berlin. I think they had they had another puppet theater, and they had there a puppet shop where they had the actual puppets uh, you could buy. Oh wow! <laughs> With blue eyes. <laughs> blue eyes. But no King Diamond puppets. We were, we were looking for a King Diamond puppet. Nothing. Yeah. Damn. It'd be cool. A King Diamond puppet. That'd be yeah. awesome. Yeah. Uh, I got an action figure. <laughs> oh yeah, I got that on my dresser over there. Yeah. One of them. Yeah, I got three of them. Yeah, uh, just another one, right? Yeah, 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 it's coming out soon. Yeah. Yeah. All right. It's right next well, to my Paul Bailoff action figure. Paul <laughs> 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 Bailoff? <laughs> if I you rip your rat shirt off of you. <laughs> they don't have a Paul Bailoff figure, do they really? They do yes, they have do. a Paul yeah. Bailoff you can fight with Zitro. You can have a Zitro and Bailoff fight. No. <laughs> it's amazing yeah, uh, now, man. I love action figures. So. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Super they, Seven. They need to make out. a schmear action figure. Yeah, they should. Yeah, maybe one day. But uh, thank you guys so much for coming on the show. Um, uh, yes, Alec, what's going on with Ravage? Anything going on? That's uh, yeah, we're, music? Uh, we're actually finishing up um, an album of uh, almost a double album, oh. and uh, it'll probably be out uh, around the time the next Merciful Fader King Diamond album's out. <laughs> <laughs> very cool can't wait to hear it uh bobby what about you what's going on with you i mean you got a radio show too so tell us everything that's going on with you um yeah i've been doing screams from the metal crypt now for a few years uh i've been with metal messiah radio for a little over five years now um every thursday night uh uh 7 p.m till 11 p.m metalmessiahradio.com for your shameless plug my buddy Adrian over uh, on the Emerald, beautiful Emerald Isle, does a segment on it called Conjurings from the Hellfire Club. And there is a hell of a scene in Ireland right now. Unbelievable bands. Seriously, kick ass fucking music coming out of Ireland. I'm, I'm ready to move there. That's how good it is. <laughs> but uh, that and uh, Attacker is hard at work writing our next album, the first one for Cruz del Sur records and uh we're about five songs in right now so mm. we're hoping to get it out i i really would love to have it out by the summertime mm. but uh mm, i don't know it's gonna be it's gonna be tough who's to holding it. it back i'm sorry who's holding the album back nothing just for writing <laughs> and uh well we had that we had that covid so yeah that's slow that kind of put through a wrench in everybody i any everybody's uh writing process i think but um see we're a band that gets together and, and plays together live right yeah we, we, you know we feel like that gives it more of a cohesive cohesive feeling and and just you get tight man you know right. you get yeah. we practice every week you know religiously and uh, I think that 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 helps, yeah, you know, definitely. Yeah. but I, I'm I'm really looking forward to it because it's been what we did. Uh, Armor to Gods was only an EP. We did that with Alex Perry Alice um, up in upstate New York. And that was what tw- I'm, I'm going to say 2018, 2019. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, no, no. 
I don't even remember, dude. It's all blurred. It's all blurred. Fucking brain fog. I had COVID twice. I got the fucking brain fog. I really do. That's no bullshit. There really is COVID brain fog. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it uh, it took me about a month and a half to get back to normal. That yeah, it sucked. Made me my mom started it again. Now too. my mom started it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yep. Second time. Wow. But I also have a can I can I give one more shameless plug? No, you're done. Uh, at least no. <laughs> go ahead. Fans, <laughs> I got a maiden tribute playing down the shore on a boardwalk at EJ's Top House, March 25th, and uh, and also denim and leather, baby, April 1st. Check out, just check out my page, man. Check out my. What is your pages? Uh, tell us, tell us where we can go to find all that stuff. You, you can find the denim and leathers page right on right on Facebook. It's not denim and it's denim and leather because there's a denim mm. and leather, but they're posers. So I remember you guys, man. I, I play Ravage. I got one of the albums, the album with the spider on it and shit. Oh, wow. Yeah. The end of and, uh, I think I saw you guys in Pennsylvania once in Pennsylvania, I think it was. Oh, wow. But I'm um, not, but I mean, it, I think, I believe I did see you in Pennsylvania years ago, man. This was when I was in uh, Sanctuary. I oh, saw wow. you. Yeah. I don't think we, we never played with Overlord. Uh, we played with Attacker a few times. Oh, we didn't play with you, but. Yeah, uh, it, was, I, it was before you were in the band. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. But, uh, I played with those guys for about four years. Wow. Well, uh, very cool. I Lisa, what, like, do you, what do you got going on, Lisa? Anything? Well, um, singing with Splintered Throne. Uh, we've got some dates with uh, Bay Area Thrashers, Blind Delusion. They're nice. coming up. We got a gig April 9th at a place called The Garages in Lake Oswego. It's just south of Portland. It's a really big venue with uh, great lights, great sound. So that's April 9th at The Garages. We're going to be at The Dip in Redding, California on Friday, April 14th. Phoenix Theater in Petaluma on Saturday, April 15th. We've got some other dates. Also, uh, I'm going to get into the studio probably in about a month. So it's I'm a blues musician too, so I'm still doing my blues gigs. And um, I'm, that's mostly what I do. So I am still, I am making a new White Crone album in my spare yeah. time. And it's coming along slowly but surely. And I have two songs that are done enough to get the drummer in the studio to play the actual drums because my drumming is really bad. So <laughs> don't get the so, best sound out of that turned over Snoopy trash can, huh? Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> One of these days I'm going to release an album of white crone scratch tracks and it's just been me playing all the instruments, including the drums and they are hilariously bad. So maybe people will actually pay 99 cents to hear something like that. Why not? I don't see why not. Uh, Mark says he loves your latest album. He wants you to come to Europe. Uh, and Devil Dozer, uh, Ralph, uh, can't wait for pretty much any of your new uploads. I listen to them while he's at work. Uh, they de definitely help him pass the time. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. That's all. Awesome. Uh, and what do you got coming up next? Uh, Ralph, uh, I'll, I'll be hooking on 49th Street from today till Tuesday. <laughs> well, what time are you usually there? Uh, 7 to 11, but tonight I'm going right now. All right, good. 
Be safe. Going, what's uh, going on with your Brave Words uh, thing? Are you still doing that? or what's uh, going on? I don't know. Hey, aren't we supposed to have the guy from Brave Words on here? Uh, probably next episode, yeah. Okay. Uh, I'll ask him then. Because yeah, ask him then. Long what happened show. was the guy that was uploaded caught the COVID as well, but he's better now, and he still hasn't asked me to do anything. So I don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. And Martin Popoff hasn't put up anything either. Even he hit me up going, what's going on? I was like, I don't know, Martin. You know? Mm-hmm. Very strange. Know. Interesting, very interesting. Well, hopefully that gets fixed. Uh, me, I got an album coming out May second, Severed Angel. So be nice. ready for that. Uh, it's gonna be a lot of fun. And um, yeah, that's I got it. A sneak Rat- preview. You did get a sneak preview. Uh, Rat <laughs> Ratsalreview.com. And thank you guys very much. Please hit subscribe. Up to eight hundred and ninety-five subscribers as of right now. So please, what what? Because I got one bone to pick with you that I noticed watching the intros and just what we're talking about with everything. Yes, we've interviewed some great people. Yes, we've done a lot yeah. and we to get King on here. But you know what you really need to mention? Because it was my favorite to do. We had Kim Ruz on. We yeah. did. Have Kim Ruz on. Nice. To we me, did. that was that the most important there. one, man. No, you missed that's that. The, that's the only interview I know of with Kim Ruz. He said it was oh, the really? only one he ever did when he came. Yeah, yeah. we we were the only ones to interview Kimaraz. How amazing is that? Yeah, he, that he, awesome. I, I write him back like every once in a while. I like send him an email, and I haven't heard from. Him. So I don't know if he just like gave up talking to people again, or was, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Nice I, guy I, though. I he was nice. Sean Peck calling tomorrow uh, from Denner Sherman, but now now it's Pete Black and Denner. Yeah, so now yeah. It's Denner Black. So yeah. I'm looking forward to finding out more about that. Yeah, it's gonna be. I, he actually posted um, a little snippet of a song that they uh, they worked on. Sounds pretty uh, cool. Yeah, yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully, I'll get to maybe the whole track to play tomorrow. Yeah, be awesome. All right, guys. Again, thank you very much for coming on the show. Had thank a lot you. of fun. And everybody, stay tuned to this uh, broadcast right now. I'm going to play an interview with me and Lisa. We were talking to Matt Thompson nice. uh, about his uh, work on uh, the Puppet Master. So we will see you guys next time. Thank bye you. Bye. Good night, everybody. Come on, guys. Bye bye. Goodbye. Smack him a gob. Smack him a gob. Well, I got to find the file first. What the hell did I do with it? Oh, wait. Here it is. Got it. All right. Matt Thompson. All right, guys. Bye bye. Next album. The Puppet Master. That one was pretty cool. Had a very cool story to it. And he actually had a DVD and he described the whole thing. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, I did too. Yeah. Um, how was the recording for that album? Is that the same process for Abigail too? Or was this totally uh, different? Well, I remember um, liking it a lot better because we did not have the um, triggers on the drums. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, uh, and um, I was happier with the drum sound on Puppet Master. I think they sound a lot more like drums. Yeah. Uh, and I remember, yeah, it's beefier. And I remember um, enjoying the sound of my toms in my monitors a lot more. Um, just the way I, it was just a better sound going to tape, you know, and that just makes the whole thing a lot more enjoyable. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I love the music, man. I thought it was really cool to, you know, the vast majority of those riffs, I really love. You know. yeah. So I saw that this was recorded in Gutenberg and in Texas. 
So uh, did you go to Sweden or did you track in at Nomad? Nomad. Okay. And so it's so so this is like a, a if you could describe maybe some of this multi-track process, you know, the building blocks of maybe how that was done overseas, you know. You guys are nerds. I am a nerd. Kind of. I have I'm I'm a nerd. I'm I I'm a recording nerd and I have lots of nerds that are waiting to watch this interview including my touring drummer. So he's 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 going to love this you know, nerd stuff. <laughs> All right. Yeah, cool. Uh, the, the Puppet Master was like, um, it was the same process as far as pre-production goes and then go into the studio and, and just knocking it out. Um, the It says Gothenburg because uh, I'm pretty sure that's where Mike did his solos and maybe okay. Andy did some, some of his solos. I'm uh, pretty sure Andy did... Um, the rhythm guitar in Dallas. And I'm pretty sure it was mixed in Dallas. Okay. Yeah. So what are you tracking to? What mm -hmm. am I tracking to? Just, I'm wondering, the... What are you tracking to? I mean, when you are in the studio, you know, and you're, yeah. what are you tracking to? I have, I have the uh, rhythm guitar and uh, on Andy's tracks, I had some, uh, B3 organ. Okay. Um, King's tracks. I have rhythm guitar and um, keyboards. Okay. So King's actually playing guitar. Yes, King plays guitar. Yeah, when he composes, oh, wow. he, he writes it all on guitar. Yeah, oh, and wow. keyboards. Yeah. He's performing. Sometimes, sometimes bass, I think, too. Yeah. Oh. Yep. All right, that was your nerd moment. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and we used an Akai tape recorder. <laughs> no, it was digital. Used a DAT machine. So DAT it's machine, all right. It's it's all been digital. I'm assuming on Pro Tools or. Yes. Right. Yeah, I think so. Mm -hmm. And when you do your drumming, does King? I, I imagine King still lives in Texas, right? Yeah. Yeah. So does he go down with you while you're doing your recordings? Well, I mean, the last thing we recorded was uh, Masquerade of Madness. I did that here at my studio. In oh, really? <clears throat> yeah. Uh, and before that, the last thing we recorded was Give Me Your Soul, Please. If you don't count, I mean, we recorded the um, Abigail live shows. Yeah. And, and made DVD out of that. Um, but before that, it was 2007. Mm. So, wow. Long time. Uh, yeah, it's been a while. A few years. Um, what did you have any recording issues with the uh, with the Puppet Master? No. 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 Nope. So. Any any problems with any of the the uh, drum patterns they you know wanted you to follow or? Where are you getting this from, Wade? Nowhere. I've just come uh, right out. <laughs> it's coming through your head into mine. <laughs> that's no. It's actually an amazing question because that's what I was thinking. Like, there's a part where uh, it's in Christmas, where there's a march, and yes. there's a there's a symbol playing at the same time. And I was like, King. I, I was like, King. The drummer wouldn't do that. He goes, Come yeah. on, you can do it. You know. <laughs> and, I, and I did. I figured out a way to do it. 
Oh, I got guess. Ralph Hardyman. Ambidextrous. Oh. So that is? Yeah. That is so you are, you are playing that part, because actually that part doesn't sound like a real drum, but that, I guess you're doing it. Yeah, I've been accused of uh, sounding like a drum machine, and I say thanks yeah. for the comment. <laughs> <laughs> the human drum machine. I listened to that record on the last long flight I did to Europe, and can I swear, is that okay? Is this a family show? No, it's fucking awesome. it's fucking brilliant and your performances awesome. are are fucking brilliant that's all wow, i have it's really thank great you, nice to hear thank you so yeah. much appreciate it really yeah, well done appreciate it, man. yeah since you joined the band, joined the band every album that you've done you've done different things and you can tell he's letting you uh get your style in there more and more each album i think he's trusting yeah. you <laughs> yeah i think so yeah yeah, you can definitely tell, which is good. I would think so by now, too, since you are the longest drummer in King Diamond. Yeah, kind of by far now. Yeah. <laughs> Although... Hey, hey, Lisa, that's awesome, man. You know, Puppet Master, I, I felt that yeah. um, it came together in a lot of ways, man. There's a lot of magic on that album. Yeah. And I also think, I also think it's one of King's all-time top stories. Yeah. And um, if you watch him telling it, you know, like yeah. knowing the, the details behind the story just makes it, like all the more brutal it's a brutal story i have not seen the dvd so oh, i gotta the, see this i gotta i gotta see it yeah <laughs> it makes yeah, it I, rec like, I recommend it man i recommend it's it. an organic sounding album it's very technical it's very proggy it's very technical but it still mm. sounds organic and i really i really dig it yeah yeah there's a few things that stand out you know i i think that there's um there's some b3 on there yeah real organ real organ right yeah and, yeah. and that, i think that really uh it beefens it up a little bit yeah beefens it up yeah and also i believe this is king's uh king's wife's first full-time like on doing most of uh, a lot of the songs on the album too right yeah she, that's right mm -hmm. yeah she was did a little bit i think on abigail too but this one she did a couple more songs now what do you think about his wife i, I mean you can't say nothing bad and i don't want you to of course you wouldn't well, what do you think with his wife doing some songs? Uh, you mean like on the Puppet Master or just yeah. in general? Yeah, just in general, or, in yeah, general, on cool. Puppet Master. Yeah. yeah, I think it's cool. I think um, I think it brings a really awesome kind of thing to the Puppet Master, actually. Yeah. It makes it totally more evil, you know, because it's a love story and it's mm -hmm. it's a charming little love story. Like uh, uh, during the premise of like having their organs ripped out and they are they're down to the eyeballs you know yes yeah they're brought to life by demonic ritual yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was a shock that when i first heard you know there's a female in the king diamond album that's just you know there's never ever been any any guests or anything on any mm. album and just hearing somebody else doing stuff it was like well, that's kind of strange, but it, it works. And it, it, it served like the a story. It was all exactly. about the story, you know. It works perfectly with yeah. the story. Yep. So do you have a favorite song off of this album? Off of Puppet Master? <laughs> no, I don't think so. No. Mm, no. But, I mean, I guess I would have to say No More Me because I helped write it. Oh, really? 
Yeah, I, t- I just forgot about that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I have a credit on uh, Puppet Master. No More Me is Thompson, or Diamond slash Thompson. <laughs> what What did you come <laughs> up with? Um, no More Me is, um, I came up with the main riff. I, my, my original demo that I gave the King uh, has that main riff. It's like a chromatic heavy thing. It's mm-hmm. kind of slow. And it's got a carnival-like verse. Um, and King just kind of adapted it and made it fit the story and, you know, made it fit, man. It came out pretty cool. That was really cool. Mm-hmm. So are you a multi-instrument, in, how do you even say that, multi-instrumentalist too? T- say it ten times. Uh, yeah, I can't. Do you play guitar? Do you play bass? Do you play organs? Do you play other instruments? <laughs> I don't. Well, I, I, I'm not going to go there. Well, no. uh, yeah, I, guess I, <laughs> I know where you're going. <laughs> go play your organ on your own time. <laughs> no skin flutes, please. Moving on. <laughs> so you do play guitar. Yes, yes, I do. Yeah. I have that's a long time. I, I write music. Um, uh, I've been writing music, I guess, since Pro Tools Free came out. Oh, really? Wow. Shit. Whatever year that was. I think it was like 2000 or 2001. Wow. Cool. So how did the uh, Puppet Master tour go? Um, from the, the things I can remember, it was amazing. Yeah. Um, I lived the life of 40 men on oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, See this gray you... hair? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so what do you miss most about touring? The uh, lack of sleep or the shitty airport food? No. <laughs> um, you know, airports have um, improved. Yes, yeah. they have. <laughs> Except in Latvia. But yes, they have. <laughs> Uh, well, yeah. yeah, I don't, I miss, um, you know, the thing is, I never really minded any part of touring at all. Yeah. In, in the beginning, I didn't like the cigarette smoke everywhere, you know, in Europe, um, yeah. cigarette smoke everywhere. That's I didn't changed like that. too. That's changed too. Yeah, that's but totally changed. Did, yeah. did you, did you, do you go do stuff when you're touring or are you like a hotel chill guy? No, I, I um, even now I try to take advantage of every city I go to and leave yeah. as soon as I can. I try to stay out of the hotel. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, and I've always done that from the beginning. You know, yeah. that's just kind of been, I guess, always a part of my makeup. Yeah. Well, you know, like my husband, my husband tours a lot more than I do. And he goes to Europe a lot. Well, he used to until COVID. And he he would say, ah, another day, another thousand-year-old church. Because <laughs> he'd got all these great towns in Europe, you know. And it's always yeah, the thousand-year-old church. that That's the place you want to go. That's where you want to take the pictures, you know. Yeah, they're everywhere, man, yeah. Yeah. Any Any cool things happened on that tour since that was your first tour with King Diamond? Uh, which the puppet master tour? Oh, or the puppet master the... tour. Puppet master. Uh, well, my first tour was the House of God one. Oh yeah, well, yeah, well, yeah. This uh, we're on puppet master. Keep up. <laughs> uh, the puppet master tours. Um, did anything stand out? Yeah. It was a crazy celebration of life, man. Yeah. Uh, back then the crew toured with the band, um, and it was just a circus. Really. Yeah. 
the shows were um, just awesome, man. Full. We sold most of them out from what I can remember. And it was just always incredible. The 2005 USA Puppet Master, it, it kind of blurs together because we did Puppet Master tour and then we did Deadly Lullabies tour. Mm. If I remember that right. But anyway, the Puppet Master tour was, no, I think it was Deadly Lullabies. In the U.S. Anyway, we had the openers were Behemoth, Nile, and Black Dahlia Murder. Oh, wow. You know, with us headlining. And it was just nuts. It was just one of the craziest stories from a drummer's perspective, you know. Right. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. So that sticks out for sure. I was getting to see those guys every night. Um, and yeah, man, I don't know. It was just awesome. It's awesome to be. That did. Um, oh. Everybody freeze. King Diamond's drummer and oh. on a tour bus. Okay. We we froze <laughs> for a second. All right. Any any song you don't like or didn't really uh, or maybe had a hard time with on Puppet Master? Hard time with. Um. Well, you know, some of the challenges involved with King is that um. Some of his tempos are like for for the kick drum. It's like too fast for one leg but too slow for two really <laughs> oh. like there's there's some tunes where he likes that you know that the, there should be eighth notes on the kicks yeah so i mean I, it's just a physical challenge but uh uh other than that no I, I, nothing really stands out it's because i can't remember really yeah. you know yeah. um in a week of tracking drums, there, there's certain to be ups and downs, and that's just kind of the the grind, you know. All right. So nothing really stands out. I can't really say. Sorry. That's okay. No problem. <laughs> I feel right. shame. That's all right. It happens. No, but I think that's an interesting observation, though. It's kind of like between a walk and a run. Mm. You know, it's like you're. Do you walk really fast or do you start running? You know, that kind of a concept with that, with those yeah, tempos. And yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about, those tempos. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, and, and it depends kind of what I'm doing with my hands. And that kind of dictates whether I'm going to do it with one or two. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A variables <laughs> there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now we move on to. Give me your soul, please, and thank God I remembered the name this time. Dot, 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 please. Please, yes. It's yeah, very right. polite. Very polite. It is very polite. <laughs> Wait for it. Please. Please. Give me your soul. <laughs> 